0: Well, this is uh, the Advent season, and we've been kind of counting down through the different Sundays of, of Advent. We started uh, with a candle that represented, uh, it's, it's called the um, Prophet's Candle. And uh, I'll start on this one over here, okay? Prophet's Candle is a candle that really represents the hope of the coming Messiah. The the prophets had prophesied for hundreds of years that God's Messiah was coming to bring deliverance to God's people. And so that was the very first Sunday. And then the the second purple candle was called the the faith candle. That's a Mary and Joseph candle, or uh, some people call it the Bethlehem candle that really symbolizes the faith that Mary and Joseph had to exhibit in God's announcement to them and God's plan for their life, which was a plan different from anything that you and I would ever have, have imagined could happen to a, a young c- a couple who were betrothed to be married, uh, that that would happen. And then the pink candle that we lit last week is called the shepherd's candle, or it's the candle of, of uh, joy, because the announcement to the, from the angel to the shepherds was that uh, there would be great joy, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. The fourth candle, the fourth Sunday of Advent, uh, we light the candle which is the peace candle. It's the candle of the angels. You remember that the angels sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to all with whom God is pleased. And so, it's about to go out there, isn't it? There it went. All right, light it again. This coming. Friday night, we'll be lighting the white candle, which is the Christ candle, the center of all the activities of Christmas. So let me just encourage you to be here. Our our, uh, Christmas Eve service will be at 5.30. It's about a 40-45 minute service of candles, Scripture and Christmas carols. And uh, we'll be also observing the Lord's Supper in that. So I encourage you to to be here and be a part of that as we light the last candle of the Advent season. Let's have a word of prayer and uh, then we're going to continue. Father, thank you so much for Advent. The word meaning coming. We knew that um, each of us desperately needed you in our life. There's just something about the human nature that is always self-centered. From the very beginning of time, mankind wanted to do it their way. And we went against you. We went against your plans. We went against your will. The result of that is all sorts of tragedy, all sorts of sorrow, all sorts of grief. For century after century after century. And yet there was the glimmer of hope that you gave even at the very beginning to Adam and Eve when you said that there would be coming one who would crush the, the, the head of Satan. And so with great anticipation throughout the centuries, people looked forward to the coming of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who would bring deliverance, not, not physical deliverance, but spiritual deliverance. And we say thank you for that. And so then in that manger years and years and years ago, the Christ child came, the Messiah was born, setting in motion the whole of God's plan of redemption, that we might have a relationship with the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. So we want to celebrate that and we want to worship that In uh, today. Thank you for who you are, for what you've done for us. In your name we pray. Amen. This <sighs> This has been a tough year, maybe a tough couple of years, for us to really get a perspective on what's going on in our world. I mean, we are inundated, folks, by information. Would you agree? I mean, lots of information. And some of it's true, some of it's false, right? In fact, have you realized that in the last number of months or last couple of years, we have a new term in our language Called fake news. I mean, that's something that you know five, ten years ago, you never heard that term, and now it's you hear it every day, over and over and over again. Fake news, and and while a lot of fake news has to do with politics, it has to do with things like uh, vaccinations. It has things to do about <coughs> excuse me, our government, uh, the elections, all these kinds of things. Um, I want us to focus on news that sometimes is fake regarding Christmas. Because what I want us to really be looking at is the real news about Christmas and not, not the fake news. You know, if we're going to keep things in perspective, we need to focus on that which is real, that which is correct. So let's go back to a passage that we looked at last week. Uh, that passage from Luke chapter 2, where the angel came and made the announcement uh, to the shepherds concerning uh, the coming of, of God's Messiah. In fact, we looked last week at verse 11, where it says, Unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Well, I want to back up to the very first part of that announcement from the angels that's found in, in verse 10. And we're going to spend some time looking at, at Luke 2 verse 10 today. So let me set the context. We'll start reading here in Luke chapter 2, but we'll start reading at verse 8. It said, "...that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them." and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Look at those words from the angel there in verse 11. He says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. That's the real news of Christmas. And uh, I, want to stop, I want to really highlight three things in that verse that we're going to look at this morning. We're going to look at good news, great joy, all people. But we're going to do it backwards, okay? We're going to start at the end and work, work backwards to the front. So let's start looking at that announcement, and it's an announcement that is centered around all people. So here's your first point, is that Christmas is for all people. It's for everybody. Um, You know, again, we're swamped with fake news from every angle. And um, as I was thinking about this, I I was thinking that there's actually has been a lot of fake news about Christmas. Over the last 2,000 years, lots of different things that are, that, are, that are purported as to be, you know, here's the Christmas and here's the real meaning of Christmas and so forth. But as we look at the real news of Christmas, one of the things that we're going to see is that it is for all people. Now, the fake news is this, that Christmas is only for Christians. That's fake news, okay? Because the angel didn't say it's for some people. Or, you know, it's, it's uh, for our kind of people. What did he say? He said it's for all people. You know, it, it doesn't make sense if Christmas is only for Christians. For one thing, at the time this announcement made was made, there were no Christians, only the Christ child. And, and so, it, it's, you know, it was for everybody. He says it's for all people, for everybody, the world of Jews and Gentiles, Romans and pagans, uh, those who are God worshipers, those who are hero worshipers, those who were self-worshippers, those who were power worshipers. Um, it's kind of like our day today, isn't it? The good news of Jesus Christ is for all people. So the angel said it's for all people. You know, when, when we talk about the fact that God wants to do something in your life, um, it's for all people. Why? Because God loves all people. God is love, and, and He absolutely loves all people. Look in your notes there, Second Peter 3, 9. It says, He, meaning God, does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. In other words, God wants everybody to change their heart, to change their lives. And so God is working in our lives to help us see the purpose of, That he has made us for. He's got a plan for our life. He's got a purpose for our life. In fact, in Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, God's word says this For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. So this is for all people. You know, it's it's not, you know, some people or those people over there or these people hiding out over here, you know. It's for all people. Christmas is all absolutely for all people. And I don't care, you know, if you're a, a Jew or a Gentile, or if you're a Buddhist or a Muslim, if you're an agnostic or an atheist, Christmas is for you. Uh, it, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a, or a Democrat or a Libertarian or a Librarian, Christmas is for you. It's for all of us. It doesn't matter what your occupation is. You can be an anthropologist or a zoologist. You can be a geologist or you can be a metallurgist, okay? Or any kind of ologist you want to make up. Christmas is for you. It's absolutely for everyone. And and the, the truth is that this really matters. Because if we get it wrong, we're going to miss Christmas. We're going to miss Christmas because... It is for everyone. And if it's not for everyone, folks, then it's not Christmas. Then it it's some, some kind of a, a shadowy kind of thing of what Christmas really is all about. Uh, it is for everyone. And <clears throat> so maybe we were thinking, okay, yeah, it's for everyone. But you know, for some people, it's even more special in, in some way. No, it's for everyone in every culture, in every people group around the world, every language group. Christmas is for all people. You know when we when we talk about Christmas somehow in our uh, minds we probably picture England 200 years ago. That's kind of the feel of what Christmas is like for many of us. You know, we, we've got Scrooge and we've got Charles Dickens and we've got, you know, Tiny Tim, God bless us all. And, and that's kind of the vision that we have in, in our mind, you know, top hats and, and chestnuts roasting and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know what? That's not culturally accurate, folks. If you want to understand the culture in which Christmas started, you've got to go back to ancient Israel and Syria, and Egypt, and what we know as modern-day Iraq. That, that's the culture that Christmas came from. And as a result of that, if you really want to be culturally accurate, you're not going to have ma- uh, donkeys in your manger scene. You're going to have camels, okay, in your manger scene. And you're certainly not going to have this beautiful, you know, uh, noble fir tree in your living room. You're going to have a palm tree in your living room, all right? And by the way, palm trees are much easier to decorate, okay? So if you want to be accurate, and you're certainly not going to cook turkey for Christmas dinner, instead you're going to be eating lamb stew, all right? And, and uh, you won't be having figgy pudding. You'll be having sweet dates. By the way, how many of you have ever eaten fig pud- figgy pudding? Okay. Did you eat it a second time? No, let's stick with the sweet dates. Okay. I think that's more important. Okay. But here's the thing. Every culture is a favorite of God. God doesn't say it's got to be 200 years ago in in England. You know, Uh, no, God doesn't play favorites. Every culture, every language group, every people group is God's favorite. And so don't get messed up as to how we celebrate Christmas, because every culture is God's favorite. And so the angel said, it's for all people. Now, that means two very practical things for you and for me. If Christmas is for all people, first of all, that means that every person that you meet this week is a person that God loves. Every person you meet is a person that God loves. Now, you know, you may not know them. uh, You may not like them. You know, maybe they didn't say the right thing or do the right thing, or they didn't, uh, you know, they said what they said was wrong or what they did was wrong to you or whatever. But the fact of the matter is God loves them. Um, We're celebrating Christmas this week, and uh, many of you are going to be with family members, and you're going to say, God loves them? Really? Really? Yeah, really he does. And so we've got to love them too. And one of the ways that you are you and I are strengthened in loving others is to remember that God loves them. God loves them. And and how do we how do we return love? We allow God to shine his love into our hearts. And then we become a conduit to love others because God loves us. That's the important thing. So, number 1, You're not going to meet a person this week that God doesn't love. Keep that in mind. Second, God loves you. You know, the the fact that God loves everyone means that God loves you in every circumstance that you find yourself in. I don't care what you said or what you did this last week. God still loves you. I don't care what you're going to do or what you're going to say in this coming week. God still loves you. That's what Christmas is all about, God's expression of love. Now, it doesn't mean that God agrees with everything that you've done or everything that you're doing, because you don't agree with everything the people that you love do, right? But it does mean that He loves us in every circumstance. And so, what I want you to do is to recognize that this week. It's a part of what Christmas is all about. (coughs) Christmas is for everyone, it's for all people. So, the logical question then, as we look at what the angel announced, what is for all people? He said, this is for all people. Well, what is for all people? And so the the second point there is all people can have great joy. It's great joy for all people. You know, God is out to give everyone great joy in their life. He's not out to ruin your life. Instead, (coughs) excuse me, God is out to bless your life. He's, he's not out to bring you down. He's out to lift you up. That's what, that's what Christmas is all about. And you know what? There's a lot of fake news out there about this one thing. This misunderstanding that God is the judge and, and somehow He wants to make your life miserable. And that's, that's fake news. But maybe the most dangerous fake news that's out there is something really personal. Uh, to you and to me, because when we when we talk about the fact that God wants to give us great joy, the fake news is that you and I often espouse is with what you know what I don't deserve it. That's fake news. I don't deserve it, and that, my friends, is a lie of Satan. It's been around for thousands of years, and people have believed it year after year after year for for a long time. And the reason we buy into the lies of Satan is that He has mixed in just enough truth there to make us buy into His lie. And and the truth is this, none of us deserve it. None of us deserve it. But that's not the point. The the point is that God gives it to us as a gift. Romans chapter 4 and verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. You know what? When you receive a gift, you open it, don't you? I mean, you you enjoy it. Um, You don't try to, you know, say, hey, I don't deserve this, so I'm not going to open it. I mean, parents, what would you do if Christmas morning one of your children came downstairs and looked at the gifts under the tree and and they said, you know what? I don't deserve that present, so I'm going to just kind of not open it until February or March or maybe April when I think that I might deserve it. Uh, you don't do that, do you? If a child said that, you'd have him at the psychiatrist the next morning trying to figure out what's what's wrong with this kid. Gifts are made to open, and kids know that. And yet sometimes we as adults, that's what we say, I don't deserve God's gift. Gifts are made to to, to open. You see, that's a lie of Satan. Look at Romans, uh, excuse me, I've lost my place here. We're talking about being we're God's kids. We're God's children and God gives us gifts and He means for us to open that gifts. Uh, He he gives us a gift and He says, I want you to open this. This is a gift of great joy that I want to give to you. Um, And the reason God can give great gifts is because He's a great God. He's a great God. Look at Psalm 145 and verse 3. It says, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure His greatness. Folks, it says that God's greatness is beyond measure. We can't even fathom how great it is. And so this great God has decided that He wants to give us the great gift of joy. And that's the real news of Christmas. Over in in Romans chapter 15, Paul is praying for the Roman Christians. and And here's his prayer in verse 13 of Romans 15. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and with peace because you trust in Him. Folks, just like these Roman Christians, God wants to give you great joy. Now, joy is not happiness. Uh, because we're not always happy. I, I understand that, okay? Um, joy is not happiness. It might make you happy, but it's something much deeper than that. Happiness is kind of like a thermometer. It goes up and down depending on the circumstances that you find yourself in. And joy is not like that. Joy is like a thermostat. It sets the temperature for your soul, for your life, for the circumstances you find yourself in. And joy is simply this, that no matter what is happening, it's the assurance that God is for you, that that He has a plan for you and a purpose for your life. So God has a purpose for your life because He loves you. I mean, He's got an eternity prepared for you. And that's what joy is all about. Uh, Being filled with joy is is hearing God say to you, I love you and I want to bless you all the way to eternity. That's what joy is. Now, the immediate question then is, okay, it's for all people. This great joy is for all people. Then how do I get this gift of, of great joy? Where does where does it come from? Well, let's go back to the announcement of the angel. His announcement was for all the people. The gift of great joy was to all the people. Now look at the phrase before those words, great joy. He says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. So the third point is simply this, that great joy starts with good news. That's the third real news, the uh, the third real truth about Christmas. Because good news has the power to make a difference. You know, most of us have had that experience. You're, you're feeling down, you're not feeling well, something, you know, you're just kind of feeling out of sorts. And you get a phone call or you get an email or you get a text with good news in it. And what does it do? It just lifts you up. It puts a bounce in your step because suddenly now you've got some good news. At least it does for the moment. Your heart gets lifted up. Good news has the power to, to change things in your life. Well, Christmas, folks, is about God's good news. Um, That good news is simply this, that Jesus Christ came into the world, came into our world at Christmas to tell us, I love you. Folks, that's the source of our joy. That's the foundation of the joy that we have is the fact that God came and demonstrated how much He loves us. However, there's some fake news even associated with this thought as well. And the fake news is that you can find joy wherever you want to. You can find joy wherever you want to. I mean, as if it's all about you, right? And if you just have the right kind of attitude, you're going to have joy. If you had a better attitude, your life would be filled with joy. And you know what happens? That kind of a statement makes a lot of people feel guilty because I don't feel joyful even though I'm trying. I'm trying this attitude kind of thing. You can find joy wherever you want to. Saying that, folks, puts it all on you. If you just felt better, you'd have joy in your life. But the truth is that you probably don't feel better. And so how am I going to get the truth or get joy in my life? Well, what I want us to realize is it's not about you. Joy, folks, is not an emotion. It's not an emotion. It is a conviction that God loves me and that God came at Christmas time for me to demonstrate that love to me and, and for me. So, why is that important? Well, for some of you, this could be a life changing thought. This is going to be life changing because it's important because it means that you can stop trying to find joy in your life. Trying to feel joyful, it it doesn't mean that, you know, it it doesn't work. You, you, You try to feel joyful and it's not working. You know it doesn't work because you've tried it and you didn't find it right. So it's not a matter of trying to feel joyful. Instead, it's a matter of deciding where the source of joy really comes from. Real joy comes from this truth, this fact that God came into this world to let you know, I love you. I've got a plan for your life. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you've faced, no matter what you're going to face, that plan for your life starts now and it extends far into eternity. That's what God wants to give you when he talks about great joy. You know, in, in life, there's a There's a lot of things that that give a measure of happiness. You know, I I agree with that. No doubt about that, okay? But there's only one thing that can give eternal joy, and that's an eternal God. The eternal God came into our world and says, I want to give you this joy. And he talked about that this very first Christmas. Look at verse 11 and 12 there in Luke 2. It says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Would you underline that word wrapped there in, uh, in verse 12? Because uh, think about it. A lot of Christmas is about wrapping, right? You know, some of you out there have already got all your presents wrapped and under the tree and Boy, we're proud of you. You know, that makes a lot of the rest of us feel really guilty. I mean, because uh, some of us will be up to two or three in the morning Christmas Day wrapping presents as fast as we can wrap them. And some of us will be saying, praise the Lord, man, for gift bags. Man, I just have to stuff them. The greatest thing under the lawn. Uh, But wrap this wrapping at Christmas that we do. It's not the first wrapping, is it? Look at it right here it's this, in this verse. The first wrapping at Christmas, Mary wrapped the baby Jesus in cloths, cloths and laid Him in a manger. Now, stop with me and think for a moment. Uh, do you see the humility in that action? Uh, here is the, the humility of that moment is just overwhelming to me. Here is God who decided to come to earth And be wrapped to keep Him warm, showing dependence on somebody else. Somebody to warm Him and to feed Him. Uh, That's pretty profound. And this is not the last of the story of Jesus being wrapped. Go all the way to the end of His life. After He died on the cross to grant us forgiveness, they took His body down and what did they do? They wrapped it in cloths. And this time, instead of laying it in a manger, they laid it in a borrowed tomb. Uh, You know, the book of Psalms says that God wraps Himself in light as as a reflection of His glory. And so to me, the humility of this story is that God, who wraps Himself in light, decided to come to earth and, and allow Himself to be wrapped and put in a manger, and then later to be wrapped and be placed in a borrowed tomb. All to say to us, all to shout to us, I love you. I care about you. I want you to know that there is some good news. The, the good news that you don't have to face life alone. That the good news that I've got grace to show you. These words, good news, in the early church, didn't just mean the birth of Christ. We talk about that, it's, you know, especially in light of, of Luke chapter 2, that that's good news is about Jesus' birth. But for the early church, it wasn't just what happened at Christmas. It was Christ's life, and even more importantly, it was His death, His burial, and His resurrection. That to them was good news. And so Paul, writing in Romans chapter 1 verse 17, says, "...the good news shows how God makes people right with Himself." that it begins and ends with faith as the scripture says, but those who are right with God will live by trusting in him. So we're talking about trusting in this good news that God has for us, that God has sent to us. That's how great joy happens. Uh, you know, God did it and he sent it to us. This morning, as you all got up, most of us Took an opportunity to flip on the lights. You turned a switch, you flipped a switch, you twisted a knob, you pulled a chain, or whatever, uh, to bring light in, into your into your house. And the vast majority of us folks have no, have a very vague idea of how that really happens. We just we just pull the chain and suddenly there was light. We, we don't even think about, you know, that there are little arcs of electricity going through this this glass bulb really flaming arcs that are that are causing out life you know we we don't ever think about the fact that electricity is flowing back and forth through you know copper wire and transformers and grids and generators and resistors and ground wires and coils and step down systems and and high electrical transmission lines we don't think about any of those things and here's the deal you don't have to understand electrical engineering to flip on a switch do you you just do it You just turn it on. Somebody else got that figured out years ago and we profit from it. Well, as Christians, at Christmas, that's really more important, at Christmas, we can hear the story of Jesus coming to earth, of God bringing to us great joy. And it's a simple story. Maybe we don't understand all the complexities of what we're talking about when you say God came to earth and he made us right with God. And, and I could talk to you about theology and we could get into, you know, uh, propitiation and, and substitutionary atonement and we could talk about redemption and, and justification and, and we could get into all of that. Or we can just simply say, God, I need you in my life. I need the great joy that you want to give me. Um, And I can just simply flip the switch and God will give me life and light in my life. That's what God does for us in Jesus Christ. He turns that light on in our lives and we don't have to understand all the nuts and bolts of it. We simply give our lives to Him in prayer. And uh, it's just simply say, God, I accept that gift. You know, you could do that even this morning. With just a simple prayer, you don't even have to close your eyes. You could just say, you know, right now, Jesus, I accept the gift that you want to give me. That gift of great joy. I accept the gift of a relationship with God through you. I accept the forgiveness that you give me in Jesus Christ. Thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. In your name I pray, amen. It's a simple prayer, but it changes everything. It changes eternity. Uh, it's the good news what Christmas is all about. Luke chapter 2, very last part of verse 10, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. There's a fourth thing, though, that I did want to mention. Go back to, to verse 10 again. And what we've talked about it's for all people. It's great joy. Um, it comes through the good news. But look at the very first words. I bring you see that? Somebody brings it. Then you hear the good news. Then you have the great joy. Uh, but it all starts with, I bring. You know, unless the angels had brought the good news, the shepherds would never have made it to Bethlehem and saw all the things that were going on. Somebody had to tell them. And, and because somebody told them, they went to Bethlehem. You know what? Figuratively, the world is still a field of people waiting outside Bethlehem for somebody to go and to tell them the good news of great joy that has been that it's for all people now there's a fake news associated with this one as well and it keeps us really those of us who know the good news from sharing that good news with others the fake news is that people will figure it out for themselves people will figure it out for themselves you know i don't need to tell them they'll get it it's out there that you know they'll just sort of figure it out Folks, people don't figure it out for themselves uh, because that's not the way God set it up. He set it up so that there's one person who tells another person. Uh, You didn't figure it out for yourself if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Somebody told you. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was somebody you saw talking on, on television. Somebody told you. Maybe it's something you read. And unless somebody tells you, you don't know. Somebody tells you, then everybody, you know, when we tell, then everybody knows. People know. Um, You may have heard there's a new Matrix movie coming out this week. How do you know that? Because somebody told you about that. In fact, they told you a year ago. And they kept telling you, and telling you, and telling you, there's a Matrix movie coming out, Matrix movie. It's kind of like the new Spider-Man movie coming out. You knew because somebody told you that that was going to happen, that that was happening. Well, there's only one way that people will know, and that's by telling. That's how it happens. You know, we sing the Christmas song, go tell it on the mountain. Uh, Not go figure it out for yourself on the mountain, right? No, go tell it on the mountain. It's going and telling and sharing. You pass it on. And you know what, folks? It started that very first Christmas. The very first Christmas, the angels tell it to the shepherds. And the shepherds then go to Bethlehem and they see what's happening. And you know what the very first thing they did after that? They told other people, look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 17. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. And you know what? When they told others, I guarantee you this, their joy was multiplied. It's not just that they gave joy to other people. Their joy was multiplied because they were sharing what God had done for them in their life with other people. And, and there's some, that's a, really a simple principle of joy. That if you try to put a cap on joy and just hold it to yourself, you know what happens? It sours. You've got to pass it on. You've got to share it with others. You've got to tell other people. And see, as, as believers in Jesus Christ, if you've lost your joy... If Christmas for you becomes some kind of, you know, dull, you know, kind of, kind of thing, routine kind of thing, there's probably a number of reasons for that. But maybe the first place to check is that I'm not sharing with any other anybody else what Christmas really is all about and what God has done in my life. There's just an indescribable joy to tell somebody else the good news of Jesus Christ because of what God has done for, for us for, in, our, in our life and to share with Him what God has done in my life, to tell your story and to tell His story of what He do, did for us in Jesus Christ. Uh, we need to tell other people, and when we do, we get joy. That's what, what God does for us. You know, God could have, could have set up a whole variety of different ways to get the good news out. Uh, He could have written it in the sky. He could have used volcanoes and sent up smoke signals or something like that. But that's not how he did it. He set set it apart to say, one person telling another person, telling another person, telling another person the good news. That's the way he does it, folks. He does it through us. Paul talks about this in the book of Romans in chapter uh, 10, verse 17. He says, faith comes from hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. See, if we're going to have faith, we've got to hear the good news. And if the people around you are going to have faith in Jesus Christ, they've got to hear the good news as well. But a little bit earlier in that chapter, Paul said this in verse 14, how can they hear about Him unless somebody tells them? You've got to tell. And when you tell, it changes everything. Folks, there is no better time of year than Christmas to tell people about Jesus Christ. Because the fact of the matter is that people all over this country are talking about Christ and the Christ child and the baby, uh, the manger. It's everywhere. Why not then help them to understand the full meaning of what it means that God came to earth for the sole purpose of dying for them? It's a great time of year to share with others the true meaning of Christmas in your life and in the life of this world. In fact, when we do that, what we've essentially done is we fulfilled the command that Jesus gave to His followers when He left. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And then He told them, go into all the world. And that means your world. The people around you. Your sphere of influence. Go into, your, into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. Preach means just share the good news of what God has done to give you great joy that is for all people everywhere. This is good news. that brings us great joy. Let's share it with others. If you don't know this good news, you've not invited Christ into your life, do that today. Don't say no. Do it today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ and his coming and the great joy that it brings to know that uh, regardless of the circumstances that we're facing, regardless of the situation that we're going through in our life, you can fill us with great joy, the assurance that you are for us, that you love us, that you have prepared a place for us for all of eternity. And regardless of what we're facing today, you love us thank you for that great joy. In your name we pray. Amen.